My name is Ron Pringle. I am the uh, director here at the NFA Food Shuttle. We are a Feeding America Food Bank that has been distributing food um, and running successful programs more than 30 years here in the Triangle, uh, primarily focusing on seniors and children. Welcome to NC Travel Chat. I'm your host, Carl Hedinger. Today, we're going in a different direction than our typical talk of our favorite places in North Carolina. With the pandemic and the many crises that have accompanied it, I think it's important to be grateful, first and foremost, for what we do have, and also to talk about ways to give back. For me, that relates to the most basic of people's needs, more specifically, food. You may already know this, but prior to 2020 and the coronavirus pandemic, many people already lacked basic access to food. Fast forward to now, and that problem is nearly its own pandemic. Recent reports indicate that many area food banks are seeing increased demand as low as 40% and higher in some cases. That's why today we're going to chat with Ron of the Interfaith Food Shuttle based in Raleigh. We'll talk about food banks and how in North Carolina they're working together to manage that increased demand and how they're working hard to feed the people in North Carolina today and beyond. Thank you again for listening. I hope you come out of this as energized as I am to help someone, not just today, but anytime you're able to look back on those who need help. Let's begin this episode of NC Travel Chat. How are you different, would you say, or like from the uh, Food Bank of Central and Eastern North Carolina? The differences between our programs is that we focus more on programs and not as much on distribution. Um, and so we don't necessarily have the huge warehouse like you would find at many other food banks. Uh, much of our innovation has been around uh, direct services to really push the needle in ending and addressing the root causes of hunger. So this is where you'll see with some of our programs like our senior nutrition program that's following seniors over a period of time uh, to ensure that they do have access to the healthy, nutritious foods but also educating on the healthiest ways to prepare those meals, providing recipes, um, the education within our backpack program that we uh, provide to children and to their families. Um, and then the urban aggregate that, um, education that we provide, teaching individuals how to grow their own foods, their own fresh vegetables and herbs, are programs that we have expanded tremendously over the years. How did you become acquainted with Interfaith Food Shuttle? I've always admired uh, Interfaith Food Shuttle. Uh, I've been in the world of food banking and feeding America here for more than 20 years. Oh, and wow. so one of the founders here, Jill Buller, um, you know, has always struck me with the creativity and the work that Interfaith has been doing here and addressing the root causes of hunger. Uh, this is something that many food banks across the country are really shifting and trying to focus on more so than just giving food but really addressing the barriers uh, that people that cause people to be in the food line from the very beginning. And so uh, having the opportunity to be able to come here and serve and continue that work and the legacy that, you know, she and her partner Maxine has built um, has just been an honor for me. So before you were with them, uh, what were you doing before in the food bank world? Uh, prior to coming here to Interfaith, I was in consulting uh, with the food bank in Elizabeth City. Um, assisting with helping to increase their produce capacity and access to local farmers. Um, and prior to that, I mean, I moved to North Carolina um, in 2012 and became the director of the food bank in Fayetteville, central and uh, the southeast of North Carolina. Um, and so there, there we um, expanded our distribution model, um, went through two devastating hurricanes with Hurricane Matthew and Hurricane Florence um, there. But I initially began my career in Charleston. 
stop killing that low country food bank. Um, oh, and so about once again, you know, been around the network for quite some time. Wow. So you, you're from South Carolina originally? Yes, I am originally from the low country. Okay. Um, Hill, South Carolina, outside of Charleston there. That's, that's my home. Okay. As far as this year goes, I mean, it's, it's been devastating for so many people, but especially I was reading an article recently and I, I don't know about your numbers, but the, uh, the food bank of central and Eastern North Carolina, they said there were, their demand was up at least what 40% this year. Um, how have you had to adapt to this year in COVID-19? Um, we, we had to adapt tremendously. Uh, you know, once again, with the, with our distribution model more focused on programs, you know, much of those services were interrupted um, and we were forced into uh, the, the reason why many food banks are, are here and that was meeting the immediate need. And so that's with um, launching our mobile distributions, repurposing our kitchen from becoming an education center um, to be providing um, hot meals to families, um, especially um, children that were out of school, that were home, being able to provide that hot, nutritious meal that was being prepared in our kitchen. So we had to adjust and adapt, um, you know, with the pandemic and understanding, you know, the challenges surrounding that. We had to be creative and come up with um, touch-free distribution models hmm. where we were uh, losing the volunteer support to be out at many of these programs that we would normally have. You know, we were fortunate enough to partner with the National Guard uh, and be able to kind of uh, develop these uh, hands-free distributions where individuals didn't have to even get out of their cars. You know, and so we we see on the news and other media outlets, you know, the thousands of cars that are stretched for miles. uh, Oh, wow. You know, and trying to find food. Um, This year has been very different for us in that sense. Um, Our distribution has uh, increased by 60%. Uh, We're serving more than uh, 55% of new families um, that are coming through for the very first time. You know, so we're seeing numbers that we've never seen before. Uh, Purchasing product and trying to keep up with this demand. You know, our purchase product is up more than a thousand percent over this time last year. You know, so it's been a, a challenge for us that really stretched us, but we learned quite a bit. Um, about the need, we we uncovered some barriers um, that have us a little bit more focused on more equitable solutions. Hmm. Uh, as far as uh, fundraising and everything goes, is it mostly donations? Absolutely. Um, it's been largely donations, um, rather they came through here locally. I mean, and, and seeing our community step up um, and the, the industries that are here, uh, the businesses that are here, the Blue Cross Blue Shields, the Food Lions. Uh, the Centrix, the Caterpillars, you know, local companies that are local to this area have just been tremendous and fabulous with their support and giving back. Um, you know, these are organizations that would normally have their teams out and be volunteering to help us pack bags or to help us over at the farm, you know, and with the pandemic restricting those um, volunteers now, they've really stepped up financially. And with our national organization, Feeding America, with national partnerships, uh, with Jeff Bezos Foundation and uh, Walmart Foundation, wow. you know, has been a uh, really an outpouring and uh, tremendous to see a community come together the way it has. 
um, in response to this. So it's been very, very encouraging. Do you find volunteers easily where you are in Raleigh today? Like, is it becoming more of a challenge? It's, it's becoming more of a challenge, you know, especially since the numbers have been uh, increasing here lately. You know, we put our protocols in place um, here at the office, um, and we were actually gearing up to begin receiving more volunteers. Had to scale back a bit just because we want, you know, individuals to feel safe. Um, our volunteer activity has reduced by 70% uh, during this pandemic. And, you know, once again, had it not been for the National Guard, um, to being able to step in, uh, some of the resources that allow us to go out and bring on some temporary um, workers and employees, it would have been even more challenging for us. Uh, but, you know, fortunately, uh, we were able to put the safety protocols in place, ensure that our staff um, is remaining safe and following CDC guidelines, um, local state um, official guidelines, just so we can ensure that no one has to go without so what's the uh, National Guard doing? Are they basically supplementing the people that you need versus what you would normally get? Uh, absolutely. They've been helping us uh, by filling in those gaps for us. Uh, wow. So whether that, was, whether that was in packing emergency boxes, um, helping us to unload and unload, and unload uh, product, um, utilizing their vehicles to help us with the distributions, um, to be able to do multiple distributions at, at one time throughout various areas. Uh, you know, we serve seven counties surrounding the triangle. And so uh, the National Guard has really stepped in and uh, given us the ability to be able to expand our wings here a little bit more um, and buy some time to come up with this long, longer term strategy um, mm. as to how we're going to meet this, this need once they're able to step away from the picture. So on a day to day, what are what are you guys doing to give people food? Have you, you said that you've kind of gone away from what you were normally doing. Are you now setting up in locations for people to come and get food? Yeah, we actually have a couple of different models. Um, with one, we do our mobile markets, um, which we would actually go out and set up a touchless uh, market, mobile market where individuals can do a drive through. And we just in, actually end up putting the food in their the trunk of their cars or on their back seats. And then we also have drop locations where we've partnered with local community leader, leaders and we do it community by communities. So this isn't large distributions, but it's more community focused. Um, and so this was a more equitable model um, because we tailor the food that we're taking to that community for that community. Um, and so we're serving much more, many more Hispanic populations um, and communities. And so the food that we're taking in, we know it's not going to be wasted because it's not a cookie cutter type model of distribution. That's one of the things that make Interfaith so unique and different is that we can focus more specifically on communities and to this degree and to this level. You know, our production kitchen, you know, once again, we had to step away from the training model um, and teaching people in this field of culinary arts um, to our program now producing mass meals um, to serve many of the students that are on rotation within the local schools that are at home um, or at uh, after school programs that's providing a hot nutritious meal. Resources that we're able to bring in, we're able to partner here locally with many restaurants um, to keep them working. And with what meals we can produce, we're purchasing 
from these local restaurants uh, that are helping us with that distribution and serving uh, different populations there as well with those uh, ready to eat prepared meals. Wow, that's cool. So you're you're not only you're you're supplying people with food, you're also supporting local restaurants. Absolutely. Um, you know, when we have an opportunity to bring in resources from national foundations, national grant opportunities, uh, we look to see how we reinvest those dollars right here in our local community. Um, and so with all of our food purchases, we look to try to buy local as much as possible, um, supporting our local farmers with fresh produce, some of our local um, organizations here at the farmer's market um, with access to um, diverse produce. Um, and investing those dollars right here at home. Um, this is how a community continues to take care of a community. And, you know, we try to maximize that in every opportunity and, and be intentional with our actions. I don't know if you're able to give any shout outs to any farmers or any restaurants. Do you, are there any that you per- particularly buy from? Yeah, Fresh Pick here in the area um, has been a great partner of us. Um, Jake Ramon, Ramon there has been a, a, found a, a great partner. Uh, not only being able to help us have access to the fresh produce, but picking up the produce and delivering it directly to those neighborhoods and communities that um, need it most, which is helping to reduce and drive our costs down. You know, we had a great partnership here with a couple of catering um, companies um, here that we've been working with in the area. Name escapes me right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) But yeah, it's just been phenomenal. you know, to see the, the triangle and uh, how individuals come together. Uh, yeah. Just to ensure that, you know, everyone has a place at the table, you know, so it's a, a beautiful thing to see hope flourish in the way that it has. I, I love your optimism, especially during this year. That's that's something that I think needs to spread around a little bit more. I was just wondering, you know, for somebody like me who wants to help, but is also, you know, cognizant of the numbers increasing, mm-hmm. What is a way that I could help even, I mean, I know we could donate. What's a way beyond that, that somebody like me could help while staying Um, safe? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Different ways that you can help at this point. You know, we have a matching opportunity um, right now uh, with some local partners uh, up to $100,000. And one of the ways that you can stretch your dollars, um, you know, is giving um, financially, you can visit us on our website at foodshuttle.org forward slash donate. Um, and that's that's an opportunity there. Um, other opportunities is to host food drives. Um, and you can do virtual food drives as well. We have hmm. much of that information on how to host that and do that on our website. Um, once again, you know, with our food costs being up more than a thousand percent, you know, access to donated product has been uh, very slim for us. And so we're wow. really looking to see how we can rebuild our f- local food drives so that we can ensure that we're able to supplement uh, with those food costs and make this new normal a little bit more sustaining going forward. So uh, we're still trying to understand just where we're going to settle. We know that we're never going to be and go back to where we were. Um, you know, there's going to be some time before the economy can bounce back, you know, even with the vaccine coming out. There's still a lot of work to do, you know, and it's going to be some time before we get back to some sense of new normalcy. So 
any type of financial contribution um, to help us be able to meet that need and continue to stay um, flexible um, with our need to respond will go a long way. Is there anything like, uh, I, I was thinking about this recently, like an Uber Eats for food banks. Is there anything like that where, where people like me could go deliver food to people? Yeah, actually, there was a partnership with Uber and our national affiliate Feeding America. And um, it was an opportunity that Uber um, did earlier in the year. Um, and they were providing meals through local food banks with many of their drivers. Um, it wasn't something that expanded across the country. It was something that um, that worked out very, very well for a lot of the inner city um, food banks and much more larger cities. Um, Opportunities that we have here on site are on our website. Um, you can actually go to our website to see how you can volunteer. Uh, we do have delivery models where you can pick up food from here and deliver them directly to seniors. So we do have those opportunities as well. Individuals that are homebound that cannot get out, um, you know, those opportunities for delivering to those uh, families there are located there on our website. You can certainly sign up to be a part of that. The food is loaded into the trunk of your car, and then you leave it at the family's door. You know, so we we try to think this entire process through uh, to keep individuals as safe as possible. And for those that want to engage, you know, we want to have an opportunity for you. That's awesome. I, I'll probably be getting in touch about that. I'll be going to your website. You know, we're talking about now 2020, looking ahead to, to the short term of 2021. But mm -hmm. uh when, as you say, you know, we get to that, whatever normal was, um, how, how important do you think our food banks going to be going forward? Do you think they're going to increase in importance, stay the same, diminish? Just curious about your thoughts there. No, I think food banks across the country are going to play critical roles in the recovery process. Um, you know, once again, everyone has their part and their role um, to do. You know, we, we hold our elected officials accountable for ensuring that um, our businesses are able to recoup, revive, and, and begin to thrive again. You know, uh, local officials have a responsibility in supporting those efforts to ensure that families um, are not feeling the brunt of the cost and the, the loss that they've had to face, you know, with utilities, mortgage, and rent, and trying to stay in their homes. And food banks are going to play a critical role in that um, because there were so many families that lost their jobs. Here in North Carolina, there was over a million individuals unemployed alone. And it's yeah. not, you know, the vaccine comes out and it's not a light switch that turns on and everyone has a job and everyone's savings is back where it was. You know, this is going to be a process. You know, for thousands of families that found themselves in this situation for the very first time, you know, it's going to be a long process for many of them, not knowing where to even begin, you know, to bounce back from this. And food banks are going to play a critical role in ensuring that food is not an issue. It's not going to be a challenge or a barrier or something that families have to worry about. Um, they have enough things going on, you know, in their lives now. Uh, many of them lost loved ones, you know, and trying to figure out how that income is going to be supplemented, you know, how they're going to move on that loss. You know, we don't want the issue of not having the basic necessity, you know, to be a burden to that family. So food banks are going to play a critical role 
in that recovery process. And I think it's going to become more evident in 2021 um, for many food banks, especially us, you know, as we begin to meet some of those inequities that mm-hmm. were uncovered throughout this whole process. Yeah, because uh, what in Raleigh, you and the Food Bank of Central and Eastern North Carolina, you're two, the two main ones, right? Yeah, there are actually seven food banks in the state of North Carolina. Okay. Uh, and we're actually a part of an association feeding the Carolinas, uh, which is a joint effort with North and South Carolina. So mm-hmm. I had the fortunate ability, the privilege to have worked in both um, states uh, wow. there, you know. And so, but uh, Central Eastern, Peter and I, we have a great working relationship. Uh, we've been working very, very closely together for the past seven, eight years now. Um, and we're both going to be working on our strategic plan over the course of next year. And we're intentional about writing each other and each other's plans to ensure that we're not duplicating services, to ensure that we're offering the abundance of resources um, to all of our um, clients and where we have opportunities to be intentional in partnership and share resources. We're looking for those opportunities as well. That's really important. And it's good to see the cooperation between all of the uh, different food banks. That's really cool to see. I don't want to diminish all the work that you're doing, but I always ask somebody this whenever I'm talking to them. So when you're not in Raleigh, is there anywhere in particular in North Carolina that you like to travel to? Yeah, I've I've grown quite fond of North Carolina. (laughs) You know, uh, it's, it's just a beautiful, beautiful countryside, you know, so I, I don't have the the ocean here and you know that I had in South Carolina, but here I have so many beautiful mountain scenes and uh, just historic areas and there's so much to learn here um, yeah. you know and so I often remind myself of everything North Carolina has to have have to offer by visiting our farm frequently you know we have a fourteen acre farm out there, Adrian Clay. Um, is the owner of that property and has generously given us that property so that we're able to farm and educate and give individuals a chance to learn and um, how to be productive and get their hands in the dirt, and get involved and give back. And so I find myself out there more often than not just being surrounded by the green spaces kind of reminds me of the country <laughs> in South Carolina. They're a little taste of home. Where Where is that farm, by the way? That farm is located right off of Tryon Road, where Gardner and uh, Kerry, Raleigh all kind of intersect right there together. Okay. Uh, it's right there off of Tryon Road. You already touched upon kind of volunteer opportunities, but are people able mm-hmm. to volunteer and work on the farm too? Absolutely. Um, yeah. It's the one place that we have been able to be consistent with volunteers um, because it is an outdoor space where we can social distance. Um, if you come with your group together, you can stay together. Mm-hmm. Um, and work on various projects from harvesting crop out of the fields to washing and packing um, those um, those products there. So there are, there are quite a bit of opportunities. The planting seasoning um, for winter crops are here now. And so we just planted, had some volunteers that came out and planted some blueberries, some, some strawberries, and got those in the ground for us. And so um, in a couple of weeks, we'll be harvesting beets and carrots. Oh, you nice. know, And so there are volunteer groups that are already signed up that um, is looking for that outdoor activity. You know, many of us have been cooped up in the in the homes and our homes for so long. And the good thing about the farm is it's a great outlet for those that suffer with mental illness and mental health. 
you know, this has been a challenging time for many veterans. You know, I'm a veteran myself, and there are so many outdoor activities that were canceled um, that weren't available during this time for many of those soldiers. And the farm provided an outlet for that. You know, so they were able to to get outside, to get outdoors, put their hands in in, in the dirt, and, and and do something that helped ease their tension, ease their their minds there, and give them some sense of normalcy. You know, and so um, the farm plays a critical role more so than just um, feeding people. It's it's really uh, a healing place. Wow. Well, thank you for your service. Happy to serve. You've you've given me so much information here and and shared so much about the Interfaith Food Shuttle. Really appreciate that. Before I let you go, just curious, you you mentioned your website quite a bit. Is that mm-hmm. the best place for people to keep up to date on what's going on? Absolutely. That is the best place to get current information on where we're going and what we have going on. And from there, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter or Instagram as well. So whichever your social media frenzy is, you know, we have an opportunity for you to stay in the loop, you know, and in, in what's going on. And, and the one thing I ask, you know, um, one of the hardest things for me over the past 20 years in the world of food banking uh, has been trying to convince people that hunger is real. Um, I think it's easy to see it, you know, when there's a pandemic that makes sense to people. But it's harder to understand when everything looks normal and seems to be normal. It's hard to imagine that there's still families um, that are struggling to make ends meet, that are still at their uh, dinner tables making, having to make tough decisions. You know, hunger is something that has affected so many disproportionately throughout our area. And so the more we can get the word out and educate people, not only on the issues of hunger, but the solutions to it as well. So I would encourage everyone, visit our website, share our information on social media, and, and help us to educate, um, help, help us educate our community. Is there anything else people should know about what you do? Well, I, I would just say, you know, hey, be encouraged. You know, we have seen the very best of North Carolina over the past few months, in spite of it all. Uh, you know, we've seen hope flourish. In, in a way like no other around here, you know, to see seniors, um, you know, coming to the door, waiting to greet, you know, the delivery driver or how excited they get on the phone when they're speaking to one of our interns. It's amazing to see a community um, respond this way. And I'm looking forward to 2021 to carry those lessons that we've learned into a new year. Yeah, I agree with you there. Well, Ron, thank you so much for chatting. Again, a big thank you to Ron Pringle for joining me today. Even before I talked with him, I made a donation to my local food bank, and I'm looking into ways to physically help more while staying safe and being mindful of the pandemic. If you have a food bank in your area and you're able to help through a donation or otherwise, please think about doing so because there are a lot of people who need help today and beyond. Thank you again for listening to NC Travel Chat. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star review and some kind words. And don't forget to subscribe. Until the next episode, we hope you're able to get out there and see something awesome in North Carolina. Take care.